Hi, this is Pastor Ben Fagelin from Bright Church. I'm so glad you're listening to this podcast. I hope this message inspires you, deepens your relationship with God, and that you're encouraged in your faith. We hope to see you soon at Bright. I would say today's message is fairly important. I think there's probably more important things. I think, I think hell and not going there is a pretty important thing. Um, but we're not talking about that today. We're actually talking about life on earth. And, uh, and, and I just think it's important that if we're going to be Christians, we've got to do life as well as God wants us to do life. Um, and I was just sharing with, with Tim um, that, you know, one of the most powerful ways to evangelize anybody is just have an amazing life. You know, and we know that it's got trials, but people watch you through the trials. You know, it's not that life needs to be rosy. They just need to see that you've got a peace and a joy in your life no matter what comes. And, you know, doctors are saying, and this is an amazing statement, medical doctors estimate that more than 25% of their patients are what they have now called the worried well. Doctors are spending a great chunk of time examining people who are not sick. They're just worried that they're sick. And today, guys, I want to talk to you about anxiety. I want to talk to you about worry. And, and you're going to see why I would want to talk to you about that because I believe it is the plague of our era. Yeah. Yeah. People are plagued with anxiety. I'm sure every person in this room, if you haven't had an episode of anxiety or serious worry, if not even depression, if, you're not, if you haven't experienced that yourself, then you certainly know of someone who is, was, and, or will be. Yeah. It, it, it is definitely the plague of our era. And it comes under this, it's we're plagued with the what if problem. Not what is, it's the what if. What if my car gets written off? What if I lose my job? What if my house got robbed? There's no reason for you to be thinking that. You've got all your locks on, you've got an alarm system, you live in a safe area, but what if I got robbed? And then we start to go down that road and we allow anxiety to grip our heart for something that hasn't even happened. But we're worried about it. What if I get cancer? Please don't ever get onto Google with the symptoms that you are experiencing. It always leads to cancer. Right? You've got a sore leg? It's cancer. If you type in sore leg, left toe, feeling sort of cancer, don't get onto Google with your symptoms. Don't do it. What if our kids leave home? Some of you are really worried about that because your whole life has been about the kids. For some of you, it's what if the kids want to come back home? It's a different story altogether. <laughs> Do you know, for some people, their biggest worry is this. I can't think of anything to worry about. And they're actually worried about that because like, surely something bad is coming my way because there's nothing bad going on right now. And I want to tell you right now, that's not the way God wants us to live. That's not the life he had planned for us. You know, uh, I don't know about some of you, but my mum, she was a worrier. Like, she was a, she was a worrier in worrying right she was a champion warrior like she 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 studied the course and some of you know what i'm talking about you know just one one cough and my mum she was worrying i had i had bronchitis for sure just just <coughs> he's got bronchitis i'm serious one headache he's got a brain tumor i'm serious just one little swear word he's going to be a richmond supporter <laughs> she, she was like that was a joke, you know that, right? Yeah, just, just, just throw it out there for you guys. Do you know, uh, 
in all honesty, the reason I'm talking about this today is because, you know, our, my life, Helen's life, we've got three kids. Honestly, things are going so wonderful. Our church is flourishing. But if you think that because everything looks great on the outside that there is not anxiety or worry in this man, uh, you're kidding yourself. And this is something that I've got to seriously combat. Um, you know, uh, I was, we were in Melbourne for, about a, for a few weeks and I was starting to feel some chest pain. Anyone ever get some chest pain? And of course, Google, I'm dying. I'm having a heart attack, <laughs> whatever is going, so I've st stopped doing that. But I, was I seriously was getting some chest pain. Um, and we, you know, things were going so well at church. We had st a stage one happening of our building program and everything was going so great. Church was growing, everything was fantastic. Starting to feel a little bit of chest pain. Um, we ended up going to a conference in New Zealand and, uh, you know, we, we're there and uh, Pastor Paul de Jong's conference and, you know, we're good friends and so he very kindly, graciously, uh, you know, puts, allows us to have some seats right at the front. Conference of about 2,000 people. And during the worship, it was a beautiful worship set, I started to really, really feel my, my chest was just tightening up. And it was, at, it was around that stage where there was that commercial um, about the guy that was having a heart attack. And, he, and remember that commercial? And he says, gee, I wish I had have told somebody. Or I don't know what he said. Anyway, the guy ends up dying, right? So I'm, he I'm hearing this commercial. And then I remember what it says, that, that if you start getting tingling in the arms, that you know, it's, your, your heart is shutting down. So I'm starting to just, I'm just trying to feel my, and lo and behold, I'm starting to feel tingling happening down my arm. And I'm thinking, oh no, I'm gonna have a heart attack. And I wasn't concerned about dying. It's how embarrassing to die in front of 2,000 people <laughs> was my biggest concern. That was my biggest concern. I am going to ruin Pastor Paul de Jong's conference. He's all I could think of. The headlines were, Pastor Rich Gabakian ruins conference. <laughs> no one's going to be grieving over me. No one's going to be crying because they're so angry that I destroyed their conference. Is what, so I, so I, I, I just sort of right, lower my hands. I, I tell my wife, I'm just going to go to the bathroom. And I, I sort of just very quickly leave. As I get to the outside, I'm, I'm feeling relieved already because if I'm going to die, at least I die outside. <laughs> right? And then people might feel sorry for me because I died out there. So I end up going to this beautiful lounge that they have there. And I sit down and I thought, I'll just have a, a glass of water. Anyway, one of the ladies comes up and she says, are you okay, Pastor Richard? Yeah, I'm just, I'm just, and oh, how I regret these words. I said, oh, I'm feeling just a little bit of chest pain. Well, <laughs> this conference has been going for about nine years and they're one of those really professional conferences that they have all the medical staff ready to go in case someone's about to die, but they've never had to use those services. And it was like, finally, someone <laughs> is dying. <laughs> And they went into overdrive. Please, Pastor Richard, put your feet up. No, I'm sure I'm okay. Please put your feet up. Please put your feet up. And so all of a sudden, that, oh, no exaggeration. They come out with this little trolley, oxygen. I'm serious, oxygen. So now I'm sitting there. Pastor Richard, are you okay? I'm sure this is just all going to go away. Well, it doesn't stop there. They're like, so Pastor Richard, uh, what hotel are you staying at? I, I tell them, okay, great. All of a sudden, ambulance come. And they park the ambulance right out front of this lounge. And the conference is about to end. Right? So now we're going to have, you know, 180, 200 pastors all coming in, ambulance right at the front, lights. I'm now in a wheelchair. They're wheeling me. Without a word, you don't lie about stuff like this, right? They're wheeling me into the ambulance. My wife's looking at me. I'm 
Into the ambulance I go, they take me off to Auckland Hospital and I'm there, shave my hairy chest. They had to use about 18 razors. If you see what's under here, if you see what's under here, guys, you start to believe in the evolution theory. Right? You start to go, evolution, for sure. No doubt about it. So, you know, because they've got to shave you to put those things. What, what are they called, those things? ECG, whatever they're called. All right? And so I'm, I'm all hooked up, wires everywhere. And they, 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 they run the whole test. The story has got a point, by the way. They run the whole test. They come back in and they say, um, so here's the good news. You are not experiencing a heart attack. There is nothing in your blood levels. There's nothing on the screen. You are absolutely fine. They say, but um, here's a question for you. Are you feeling stressed at the moment? And I went, no, no. Okay, well, let me phrase it to you. Is there anything going on in your world that you've got to think about a lot? Are you losing a little bit of sleep? Are you? And when, and when she asked all the questions, 100%, all I was experiencing was anxiety. Wow. That's all I was experiencing, friends, and it was tightening up my body. We think that we can experience thoughts and emotions without it affecting our body. That's not the truth. You can't compartmentalize your life. If you're going to have things going on in your mind and your emotions begin to experience those, your body is going to react. Yeah. And, and, and we know this to be true. I wasn't having a heart attack, but what I was experiencing was an attack of the heart. Yeah. I was being attacked in my mind. I was being attacked in my thoughts. And what I was thinking was about or everything that could possibly go wrong at our church, because I love our church. I love our people. I want things to go well. And that's what I was experiencing. And some of you right now would understand what I'm talking about because you're experiencing it right now as I speak. And so I just want to speak into that because Jesus had a lot to say about it. And some of you remember in the Lord's Prayer. Now, there's something in the Lord's Prayer that maybe you've noticed before, but maybe you've never seen it. But this is what Jesus says. Our Father who art in heaven... Yeah, oh, okay. I just wanted to know, I was making sure I was in the right church here. Okay, so we do know, we're all praying the same Lord's Prayer. And then, and then he says all these magnificent things that are building our relationship with God. And then he makes this statement, give us today, or some of your versions say this day. Either way, he's talking about a particular point in time being this moment. Give us this day our daily bread. Jesus included, listen, that statement into the Lord's Prayer. So it must be quite important. What does it mean when he says, give us this day our daily bread? Now, some of you would think, oh, back in the day, they didn't know whether they were going to have food or not have food. And that's basically about food supply. Well, there's no doubt about it. Maybe that's exactly what it meant. But I think Jesus is also smart enough to know that we would be living in a society where we're not praying for our next meal every day. I mean, if you're praying to have another meal, I don't think that's exactly, should I say, it's not all that that statement is meant to be for us. If you actually know why he would talk about give us this day our daily bread, he's actually referencing something. Some of you know exactly where he got it from. And he's referencing Exodus 16, where the children of Israel were saying to Moses, we're hungry. Do you remember this? We're hungry. And so the Bible says that God began to rain down manna onto the people, which was like a wafer. It tasted like honey. And somehow every morning when they would wake up, there would, there would be this... The Bible describes it in different ways. We don't really know what it is, but it was some type of bread that they could eat every day. Exodus 16.4, though, says something very interesting. It says, The Lord said to Moses... Is it up on the screen? Yep. It says, Look... 
I'm going to rain down food from heaven for you. Each day, everyone say each day. Each day, it says, each day, the people can go out and pick up as much food as they need for that day. I will test them in this to see whether or not they will follow my instructions. That's really interesting. What God is saying is every day they were to wake up and go get the food that they needed for that day. That's what Jesus is talking about here. Give us this day, God, our daily bread. How does that apply to us? Do you know every morning that you wake up, God has given you strength, wait for it, for that day. God has given you everything you need to get through that day. And we're supposed to wake up every morning and whether you pray the Lord's Prayer every day or not, it's up to you. But when you do pray that prayer, what you're saying is, God, give me the grace and the strength that I need for today. Today. Today's hunger, troubles. God says, I'm going to give you bread for that day, which is his grace. Now, here's where we run into some problems. Exodus 16, verses 19 to 20. Have a look at what happened. It says, Then Moses told the people, Do not keep any of it, what's he talking about? The bread, until morning. But some of them, Are we ready? Some of them didn't listen and kept some of it until morning. But by then it was full of maggots. And that had a terrible smell. Moses was very angry with them. What were they doing, friends? Obviously, when they were waking up on a Monday morning, they were grabbing some bread. But some people thought, hmm, but what about Tuesday? What about Tuesday, though? So they looked around and they took a little bit more. And they didn't eat everything on the Monday because they were worrying about Tuesday. But what happened to the bread? It turned rotten. It wasn't God's plan. They were supposed to wake up on Monday and eat Monday's bread. And then wake up Tuesday and just eat Tuesday's bread. And these people were being disobedient. What were they actually doing? Well, Jesus tells us in Matthew 6, 34, this is what Jesus says. This is what these people were doing. And Jesus tells us not to do it. So don't worry about tomorrow. Guys, that's not a suggestion. It's a commandment. Yeah, 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 I know. But that's like old school, you know, like Jesus, you know, like we've we've got a plan. We've got to strategize. Yeah, Jesus says don't worry. Planning and strategizing is different to worrying. He says, don't worry about tomorrow. Why? For tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Now, if Jesus was just a nice prophet, just a good teacher, we don't have to worry about his words. But apparently, the Bible says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Do we know who the word is? This is the creator of our bodies is saying, I know how you work. I have designed you, or should, he, or should he say, I have not designed you to be able to cope with tomorrow's troubles or worries. I've designed you to have a 24-hour fuse. 
And the minute you start thinking about tomorrow, you blow a fuse. And then you end up at Auckland Hospital. I'm dying, I'm dying. That's because Pastor Richard wasn't obeying this. And, and Bright Church, I just want to encourage you. You are allowed to think about all the troubles of today, but you are not allowed to think about the troubles of tomorrow. You're not built for it. You're not designed for it. It's not God's plan for you. You're not being uh, someone who's not forward thinking. He says to you, today is enough for today. Now, some of you are going, I think I get what he's saying. I'm going to make this so clear for you. You are not going to forget what I'm about to show you. But I need four people to help me out here. Okay, so I'm going to ask Josh if you can come and help me. So give him a huge round of applause. Josh, if you can stand about there, Josh. Tim, could you come up and help me? And Zach, could you come up and help me? And why not, Pastor Ben, you can come up and help me too. And you can come and stand over here. So guys, you need to spread yourselves out a little bit. Right, so if you can come stand over there. Oh, so, yeah, sorry, you're there. Okay, all right. So here it is, guys. This is my sermon, my whole message to you today in an illustration. Are you ready? If you, don't listen, if you haven't heard anything yet, just watch this. You're going to get the whole point. Then we can probably go home. All right, it's like this. So you wake up Monday and God says, Richard, I've got some strength for you because today there's going to be some trouble. There's going to be some trouble. There's going to be some things that, you know... It's going to cause you to worry. Some things that are going to take some real heart strength, mind strength. It's going to wear you out a little bit. But Richard, I've got enough strength for you today to carry this. So I can carry this. Now, it's, 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 it's a bit hard. It's a bit heavy. It's, it's, you know, like it's, I wouldn't say it's a walk in the park. But it's okay. I can carry today. But the problem is, I'm not just worried about Monday. I'm going to start thinking about Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, what's happening on Tuesday again? Oh, I'm really worried about Tuesday. Um, yeah, but you know what? I'm, but you know, I'm, yeah, come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, oh, see, how easy is this? I'm such a good strategist. I'm awesome. But you know what? Life starts to get a little bit tough. But you know what? Don't worry about that. Let's talk about Wednesday now. Hey, come on, come on, Wednesday. And I've lost everything. I really wanted to start thinking about next month. Oh, yeah. I'm a whole month. Yeah. That's a whole month of trouble right there. You're a day. I'm a month. Now, I've got to tell you, I was doing okay with Monday. But when I started thinking about Tuesday... But then I thought, no, no, let's take on Wednesday as well. Listen, listen, listen. Get back in your order for a moment. <laughs> you can worry about your kids today. You're, you're actually allowed to do that. And Jesus, remember, added this thing to his prayer. Give us this day. God, I'm praying for my kids today. I'm praying about the university degree today. You know, you're not actually supposed to be praying about things that are happening in 16 years' time. Why? Because you, your brain starts going there. Your mind starts going there. And all of a sudden, you're worrying about something that God says, listen, listen, listen. In 16 years, it'll take care of itself. Mm. Sufficient are the troubles of today. What's going on in your life 
Today. What's going on with your mum and dad? Today. Today. Today's what you're supposed to be praying about, thinking about, caring about, because you've got the strength for today. God says, oh, he doesn't promise to give you the strength for tomorrow. When you get to tomorrow, you can handle this guy as well. Because that's gone now. That's history. You can, you can go now. You're gone. You're history. So now I've just got to worry about this day. And then once I get through this day, now this, this day is a bit slightly heavier <laughs> than that day. So this was a big day. This was a big day. But we got through it because it was all like, you know, if I was only going to carry him... <laughs> yeah, we can, we, it's, it's a bit tough. It was a hard day this day. It was a, it was a tough day. But we, but we could get through it. So like, thank you very much, Tuesday. Then we get to Wednesday. Wednesday looks big, but it's actually quite light. What? So it's quite light. Wednesday's quite light. It's no problem at all. Thank you, Wednesday. Then we get to Thursday. And you think, it's a whole month. There's no way I can carry Thursday. But God says, no, 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 give it a go. Because I'll give you the strength for Thursday. But don't do it today, because it is Thursday, and you're already puffing out. <laughs> so we'll just let Thursday go and send him back to his room. Hey, listen, the serious point to this is this. Seriously, God says, I will help you today. I'll help you with your anxiety today but yeah but god can you please get rid of the anxiety for tuesday you're not in tuesday how can i give you peace for a, a moment in time you're not even in when you get to tuesday i'll give you the peace that you need for tuesday but stop thinking about tomorrow amen give someone a high five and tell them stop thinking about tomorrow anyone heard of george gallup he conducts studies all the time. And George Gallup once made a study of 402 people who had lived to, a, to uh, an age of at least 95. Anyone going for 95? He wanted to know the secret of their longevity and he found the common factor was the lack of anxiety, worry and tension. Yeah. They said we lived one day at a time one day at a time friend I don't know who has trained us that we are somehow being really responsible by thinking about the future all it's done is destroy us that's why Jesus said in his prayer Father give us this day our daily bread give us the strength the wisdom, the knowledge, the power for today that's it and then it moves on to the next line do you know, if you knew that you were not going to have food on Friday, would you think by overeating today that it would help you on Friday? Oh, I've got a big day Friday. I'm probably not going to have anything to eat. Because, you know, I've got a whole lot of strategic meetings on Friday. And today's Monday. So I'm going to eat a lot today. In thinking about Friday, I'm going to eat a lot today, knowing that it's going to get, it won't get you through. So just have the food that you need for Monday and when you get to Friday, then you're going to have to do something different. This is what Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 to 7 say. Very familiar passages. Don't worry about anything. In other versions, it says, do not be anxious about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Yeah. 
Tell God what you need. Thank him for all that he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a huge round of applause if you believe that. So how do we stop this? Well, Proverbs chapter, 25, uh, tw- chapter 12, verse 25. Uh, some of you may have read this. Maybe you've never read it. But in the New King James Version, it says, Anxiety in the heart of a man or woman causes... What's it cause? Some of you, we're all wondering, how does depression take place? Maybe it's the hormones in the chicken. Because it's never... It's never been so prevalent like it is. Maybe it's Coke Zero and the funny stuff that they're putting in Coke Zero. <laughs> really? I wish it was that easy. Just stop drinking Coke Zero and you're going to be fine again. No. It says anxiety in the heart. What is anxiety? It's not some mystery disease, guys. It's you thinking about tomorrow. It's you thinking about the things that may go wrong that God says, we're not there yet. That's what it is. If you think about that long enough, you will start to wear out your happy hormones, which does clinically, even physically, chemically lead to depression. So come on, we're going to make a decision. We're not going to be those types of people. Amen? Anxiety in the heart of a man causes depression. But what does it say is the the solution? But a good word makes it glad. Why, Why do we come to church? One of the reasons is to hear a good word. And a good word makes it glad. That's why we would come into God's house. That's why we would go to life group. Is that what you guys call them? Small group? A small group of people who are speaking good things? That's why you would go to a marriage course to hear a good word that your marriage is going to be fine. Things are going to work out well. Why would we send our kids to youth just to get them out of our hair for a couple of hours on a Friday afternoon so that we can go have a romantic date? Well, that might be one of the reasons. But otherwise, I'm hoping that a youth pastor puts a good word into our kids while the whole world is saying, oh, guys, everything's running out. Ice caps are melting. Water levels are rising. Masters is closing. You know. (laughs) No, I'm hoping hoping that a youth pastor puts some good word into it so that our kids are not all depressed. Come on, we've got to help our children. My son. Such a talented boy, but he wants to do so much with his life that I'll often catch him in anxiety. And he'll say, Dad, I just, I, I just want to achieve. I go, Son, I get it, I get it, but I love you so much. I've got to teach you something. Stop thinking about tomorrow. Because he'd be there just anxious. 22 years old and he's anxious. Son, what's happened? Oh, I just want to keep up with everybody. Well, there it is. You're comparing. Instagram. What, your life, what you think your life should be by now. Worrying about, how are you going to retire? Now listen, I'm, I'm all for forward planning. But don't start worrying about something that hasn't happened yet. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on. Philippians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9. I'm going to finish with this. Sorry, I've gone over just a couple of minutes, but I just think this is too important. This scripture is your key. Here it is. And now, dear brothers and sisters from Bright Church, One final thing. I love this. Ready? What does it say? Do you know how you've got to go fix your car? Do you know when there's a hole in the wall, you have to fix the wall? The Bible is saying, fix your thoughts. Now, I know it means fix as in gaze upon, look to. I know that's what it actually means. But I like the way that it says fix. 
correct. Do something different. Fix your thoughts. If your thoughts are going down the anxious, worried road, the Bible is saying to you, fix your thoughts. Now, this is what I love. It doesn't say, and God will fix your thoughts. Wouldn't that be great if he just took over our thinking? No, no, that's, that's your job. Yeah. Fix your thoughts on what is true. What is true? God's in your future. He's already there. And when you get there, you're going to meet him there. That's true. It's going to be okay. Fix your thoughts on what's honorable, what is right, what is pure, what is lovely, what is admirable. Wow. It says, think about things that are excellent or praiseworthy. Keep putting into practice all that you've learned and received from me, everything you've heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. What's, what's the cure to anxiety? Peace. That's the, that's, that's the cure. Peace. God's supernatural peace. But the way in which we get it is very physical. You start thinking about tomorrow? Stop! Stop! I can carry today, but I can't carry tomorrow. It's a good thought. Thank you for preempting me, but I'll get back to you tomorrow morning when there's extra bread. Takes discipline. You're sitting at the traffic lights? Start thinking about Wednesday. That pit in your stomach starts to develop. Stop. Stop. Put on some worship music. Do something. Stop. If you keep thinking about it, you're going to get to work. You're anxious. You're not the person that you want to be. Is this speaking to anybody? Is this helping anyone? I hope it's helping you. You know, I want our church to be a church of thousands, just like pastors Ben and Sarah do. Thousands. Do you know what I've discovered? And I please, this is not a disrespectful term. I'm not calling God's people cows, but this is the truth. More cows, more manure. All I'm saying is, the more people there are in our church, do I think there's going to be less troubles or more? Is it more marriages breaking down or less? More money problems or less? What do you think? I think, I think there's more, but you know what? I want to reach thousands. But God says, you know what, but can I trust you with thousands? Because if you're having anxiety attacks over the people that you've got, how am I supposed to give you more? You want your business to grow, but you're so anxious with the business you've got. God says, if I increase your business, you're going to be a nightmare. And God doesn't want to kill you, so he'll just stop your growth. So God says, come on, let me trust you with what I've given you. Did you notice how God got very angry with the children of Israel when they gathered too much bread? Sometimes God gets angry at us. God's like, what are you doing in tomorrow? What are you doing here? Go back to today. What are you doing here? It's like, because God, God's already in Wednesday. He's already standing there. And when he sees us in Wednesday, he's like, what are you doing here? Get back, get back to Sunday. You're in Sunday. What are you doing here? Oh, I just wanted to see what was going on. Get back to Sunday. Get back there. Get back there. I'm here. I'm, I'm trying to sort things out for you. It's okay, I've got this. I've got your kids. It's all right. Get back to Sunday. Go and enjoy Pastor Richard's message. <laughs> Get back there. Amen. Guys, I've gone over time. I, I just thought I had to just say that to you. So come on, why don't we get to our feet, everybody in this place? Why don't we get to our feet? Hey, thanks for listening to the Bright Weekly Podcast. We hope you're encouraged today and we'd love to see you at one of our services. So to connect further with us, head over to brightchurch.com.